0: hello and welcome to law the universe and everything i'm your host pacifico soldati this show explores topics from law and business to consciousness spirituality and everything in between we feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life you can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com if you're not familiar with my background i'm a helper parent marketer attorney outlaw certified mediator story brand guide omnist yoga teacher and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and US Army Special Operations Command. Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, the Universe and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of video storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S Agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Adriana Piltz. Adriana is a former Wall Street executive and current founder of Nikki's Gardens of Hope, NGOH GOH holdings. She's passionate about providing quality, dignifying life to adults with disabilities through housing, employment, and training. Adriana is an immigrant who wants to change the world and stigmas around people with different abilities. She's the mother of three boys, 22-year-old Nikki, a severely disabled, sweet young man, and nine-year-old twin boys, AJ and Max. Thank you so much for joining me today, Adriana, and welcome to the show.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: So take me back a little ways and tell me about what was your experience like immigrating to the U.S.?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I was young back then. And I always had, growing up in communism, I would watch Western movies. And the one thing what I always loved about was the Times Square in 80s and 90s. And I remember sitting with my family in a living room and just telling my mom, I said, one day I will end up living in New York. And the whole family looked at me like I'm a crazy person. My aunt literally said, that is going to be the day when you're going to move. And at the same time, I was engaged to someone that I did not really want to get married to. So I decided, I think it's time in the age of 20 to move to U.S. And without telling my parents, my family or anybody else, I got my visa and I remembered the face of my mom when she saw me packing and she goes, where are you going? And I said, I'm just going to New York and I show her the ticket and that was the Saturday evening and my flight was following Tuesday and she just broke down and at the same time, she went and called my fiance and the whole nine yards. But I came to us with no family, no friends, I had a $70 in my pocket and didn't speak in English. I did, you know, graduated college back home. I got my um, degree in mathematics and physics, but never learned English just because I grew up in a communism. And it was hard, but at the same time, you know, I saw my future and I thought there's something better than just being stuck at a small village and be married with 10 kids and weigh 300 pounds. When I got here, uh, the only thing, what I had was an address of a woman that I never met who was helping people from where I'm from. To get a first job, I got my first job at $3,050 in a sweatshop, got fired after four days because I refused to do certain services to the manager and up on the street because the lady got angry and I quit the job that she provided. But I was lucky enough to Polish guys and they helped me get a job as a babysitter in New Jersey, so I learned Polish before I learned English and then I moved to New York and you know worked seven days a week went to college at night graduated my bachelor's in international business from berkeley college with 3.93 gpa got my first wall street job before i graduated college and i just loved it and i enjoyed working hard and, and learning and i had no idea about wall street what actually it is but i love the the energy on it and end up working as a research person, coordinating the research and then compliance and then just keep moving up. The harder I worked in 2009, I was pulled from Colin Stewart by the former CEOs of Colin Stewart and was the, I believe, number five employee I worked as the research department, you know, created everything from the templates, compliance and marketing. Unfortunately, we closed in 2012 and then I was lucky enough. I got a job at Merriman um, Capital as a director of research and then became chief compliance officer, chief operating officer, president and a board member. So, I mean, I worked myself up, but it was. We had a great team. Love working with people, but unfortunately, in 2016 came, and we decided to close the doors. So that is, the, in short, my story on the Wall Street and landing in New York in 1995.
0: Wow, what an incredible story! It's uh, very impressive. So. What led you to leave Wall Street behind and pursue your current work?
1: I, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, and at the same time, I look at my own life. Living in New York, I love New York. It gives you the energy, and and I still miss New York. I moved to Massachusetts right now, but at the same time, I have now 22 year old son who is severely disabled, and when as a parent, you the best for your children. And you want them to be happy and, and, and succeed in everything, whatever they wanted to do. But when I looked at it, Nikki, my first question is if I die tomorrow, what's gonna happen to him? Right? Yes, he does have a siblings. He has AJ and Max, but it's not fair to them, nor it's fair to Nikki. Even though he's nonverbal, verbal he still has the feelings, he still understands, he's still loving a boy. And we started to, I was on a crossroads and, and trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do once I grow up. And I love the job on the wall street and I was good at it. And, but I wanted to do something that I can change people's lives. And at the same time help my situation, any situation. So it's me and Chris, who is my business partner, decided to go to North Carolina and what is out there. I have no idea why I decided to go to North Carolina. We had a friend who lives there and just have all come around and look around and see. And there are a few and it's not their fault and don't take it the wrong way. But when we walk to one place that taking care of people with disabilities who are over 21, It was just, it was dark and it didn't smell well. And and people were sitting in the hallways under wheelchairs and diapers. And I just walked out, sit in a car for 20 minutes and literally start crying. And it's not their fault just because they're fully dependent on the Medicaid. They are a nonprofit organization and they're trying the best they can. But the budgets are getting cut for organizations like this, especially when you're trying to provide a services, care, or anything for kids over 21 who are disabled. Because in a government, eyes, if we provided services for you for 21 years, now you're on your own. Well, screw that. Nikki can never ever live on his own. And there's more Nikki's than we want to admit. And Driving back from there, and the worst part was when the CEO told me that there is a fifteen years waiting list and six hundred families in front of me. In this case, there's no way that Nikki will ever have any place anywhere, besides probably government run group homes, which are worst you can ever imagine to put anybody in, and nobody deserved that. So, Driving back from North Carolina to New York, I literally stopped in a highway with Chris and look at him and I said, you know what, I think I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to work on a community for adults with disabilities, for parents, that it's not fully dependent on the government to figure out a way that we can be self-sustained eventually and in 2018 with my first article published what's going to happen to my son that was the start of the project and it was just an idea and for past two and a half years we've been talking to a lot of government agencies a lot of parents and and local um authorities and trying to figure out how we can make this thing work still take the government um But not be dependent on them. So, this is where we came back with okay, let's create a nonprofit that still can receive the grants, can receive the philanthropic investments and donations, and provide the housing, and then have a for profit entity, which is NGO Holdings, that will hold the real estate, will create the revenue generating businesses, employ people with disabilities and then provide whatever shortfalls to the nonprofit. And it took a lot of times looking at, okay, how much, would do we need? Create a financial model around that. And the more we looked at it, and as I know, and people know about any other entities working like that in this area, they're more than happy to get in touch with me or, or let me know, but we tried to look at it. We couldn't find entities that are hybrid you know for profit and nonprofit. so pretty much that is a pilot project if we can figure out how to make this thing work then we can help others and we can scale and and you know build because honestly the demand for housing it's every parent's worst nightmare not knowing what's going to happen to a child especially with special needs and everybody deserves to have a dignified life, and everybody deserves to be happy and thrive, no matter what their abilities are. And it's not cookie cutter. That's why they call it spectrum. And not everybody's the same. So we cannot assume that because one person is working or learning that way, that the other person is going to do the same way. We needed to figure. We need to figure out how to make this thing work, help the person to thrive in an environment that they are happy, because quite honestly, I strongly believe that once we figure out how the person with different abilities work and and what they're good at and what gives them happiness, you have the best employee you can ever have, the most loyal employees. And yes, there's gonna be outbursts, And yes, you're gonna also have to teach quote-unquote atypical employee how to deal with them. They're gonna be happy to come to work. They just want to be accepted in a society the way they are that they don't and and help them to try for me and i've been saying this from day one it's the biggest accomplishment's going to be if we can help a person who was told they're good for nothing to try and and receive the first paycheck and take the picture and show that to their parents that will be the biggest accomplishment for for me and yes We do want to make money because, you know, not for our own ego, but to scale. Because there's a lack of housing for adults over 21 with disabilities because of the government cuts, because we call it cliff, And also we have to help the people who care for people with disabilities. They deserve to get well paid. It's a hard job. It's not easy to deal with with somebody who you know who has outbursts. They say I love Nikki, I love Nikki more than anything in the world, but there are days that I do wanna run and just scream from top of my lungs. Because you're trying to figure out why he's crying, why he's angry, his stomach hurts, does he have a headache, he's nonverbal, so he cannot really tell me he's hitting himself. How are you gonna prevent that? So when we were trying to figure out about the community, I said, Well, I like to integrate. I don't like to have it insulated that community for people with with a disability. I think they should be integrated. It should be open community, having intergenerational housing in the same community, having a cafe in this the community, having stores, help them to figure it out and provide independence with the design that we currently have for the single level story home. it's Every individual, even Nicky's, is going to have his own apartment. He's going to have a 24 7 aide who will be there for him if he needs to. But he has his own bathroom. It's not common bathroom. Because most times than not, when you're going to the places that have all common bath. for me, I believe there are humans. They deserve to have their own privacy. They deserve to have their own, you know, quote-unquote, independence because it's a different level of spectrum and integrate them together and make the loving, safe community and also integrate outside community.
0: Mm. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So how else can our society better serve the needs of people with disabilities?
1: Just be more passionate about, don't, don't, you know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything because it's not their fault. And if you see a parent struggling, don't judge. Just literally tell them you're doing great. Sometimes that's all what matters. Sometimes it's just not saying anything, it's more than just saying something. Because if they already you don't know what people going through. You know, for example, I we live in New York, in New York apartment, and Nikki was loud and we had a neighbor who just moved in. And she was a writer, quote, unquote. So she knocked on my door and she said, keep your retard, quote, unquote, retard quiet. I did that and she said, I'm a writer. I said, well then, honey, you're in the wrong spot. New York City is not a quiet place. Don't just look at the parents and, and judge them because they don't know. You don't know what the child is. It's, if you want to offer help, offer the help. Just don't judge. Be more compassionate to others because you never know what, what they're going through. Be more accepting, more employees, employers, I'm sorry. Look at it if you can hire or promote neurodiversity, if you can help people who are, they can can do things that you and I probably wouldn't. They have the patience, they like the repetitive stuff, some of of them. Just be more compassionate towards others and, and also family. Sometimes the family it's the worst.
0: So what do you believe is needed to help fix some of these housing problems you've spoken about?
1: The biggest problem on the housing it's it's the cost of the housing and how you can make it work. That it's that you provide an ROI to the investors one or that you can work with the local government and, and the communities. There's so much money put in a stuff that it's not necessary through the government or it's unnecessary but meaning money are based on things. Looks through and work with the local government and help to build an investor to be open to okay i'm gonna invest in a housing for disabled i might not get 10 15 return i might get three or two percent return but i'm also helping others and it's scalable you know be more open-minded more maybe tax credits for the housing but unfortunately what we see is Government are cutting 20% to 15 to 20% for any services or, or housing for people with disabilities um, because they cannot go and fight it for themselves. Just It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a community to build a community for the different to able just to be open and to work with companies who are trying the hardest to figure out how to make this thing work and be sustainable. Because you want to provide a quality housing, but do not put a burden on 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 a government or on local governments, small governments. Be more and more educated you know and work together on creating something that is sustainable.
0: Mm. Sounds like a plan.
1: Yep. Let's try to put it into the perspective. Well, again, it's uh, our project is a pilot project and if, if we can, we're going to have, unfortunately we had a one property that we were about to close on. We were doing environmental studies and they didn't come out great. It came that there some potential toxins on the ground. So uh, we have to make the choice to walk away because we want to create a safe environment. And it wouldn't be a good start to build somewhere that it could be potentially be toxic. So now we are in the process of trying to look for another property that is around 20 acres that we can build homes and intergenerational low-income homes, small businesses, but they don't have to be together. They could be spread out. But it's the, we fail, we fail. Sit on it for a little bit and then we pick that up and, and continue going because for me it's more personal. Nicky's gonna be 23, you No, know? he's a big boy, and, and he, he, I need to know that he's taken care of. So for us, it's just a learning process, and again, we fail with the property, and you know, we're gonna go and have to find a different property, but it's the part of doing business. I mean, I'd rather make the choice now to walk away than to continue just because i have to have. To.
0: Definitely. So how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success and do you have a favorite failure?
1: Wow, there's plenty. Now, Also, so you try to learn from the failures. Like for example, i was so excited having the property and continue and but you know what there were more red flags than then i wanted to accept it was the same thing with the sewer and, and water because it wasn't a municipality so now we learn from that that you know what we need to have the property that does have a municipality we need to have the property maybe it's better to have it an opportunity zone to attract the investors to get a tax credit and then with every failure you're learning what you don't want and what you want and sometimes it's hard, right? And you're asking about what I, what was my biggest failure. I don't really like to look at them as, as I try to look at that as a teaching moment. If I, if we wouldn't close Merriman Capital, which at that time, that was my biggest failure, I would not look beyond working on a Wall Street and not doing something that can help hundreds of thousands of people and come up with something that, It's positive for the society and and positive for myself and Nikki and everybody else. So at the moment when you have the failure, I know it seems that everything closing on you, but I always believe that everything happens for a reason. We might not see it now, but when you look at back to it, you're like, oh shit, that's why this happened that's why I'm here where I am right now, because of what happened. And the same thing going with the relationships. And I always believe that you meet every single person in your life for a reason, if they stay or not. You know, if, if, if you look at, try to trace it back, the people that you met, there was always a reason why and why they stay or they didn't stay in your life. So the one thing what I always try to say is, Treat people with respect because you never know when, you know, they can come back to you and if, and don't judge them, try to walk in their shoes before you're going to say something. And trust me, sometimes it's harder to, to preach that than say it. We're learning every day. There's something new to learn and just be compassionate and understanding and give a chance to people.
0: Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. So what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And feel free to take the word investments as broadly as you like.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. To start with, I bought of money to get to the U.S. So I guess that would be the one. Because if I wouldn't be able to do that, I wouldn't be here. I'm doing what I'm doing. One, two, going to college, I think over here it was another time investment and, and of course uh, money investment and learning and it's i and also investments into relationships and, and try to grow the relationships not only take from the relationship but also be understanding and giving so for me it i, I try to cultivate every relationship and i believe to build the relationships first before you're going to go and ask for something from that relationship. But at the end of the day, I think for me, the biggest investment was to borrow money from my friends to be able to buy an airplane ticket and have the $70 in my pocket when I landed in New York.
0: Mm. Yeah, I would probably agree based on (laughs) what you've been able to turn that into. It's quite the ROI.
1: Yep, (laughs) I would think so. And I hope so. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so adriana what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life
1: i love economics that was the first one i think that i really enjoyed i, I love economics and i love numbers oh my god what was the last book i ever read now everything is so technologyized i i don't even know how the book smells anymore shame to admit that though i think I cannot even, like, I, I read a lot about, like, I have two books now on my nightstand. It's all about fundraising and the nonprofit fundraising. And I think I like to learn from different people. I read a lot of articles. Um not much into books right now, but the Freakonomics was, I think, one of the books that helped me to keep going and move forward.
0: Oh, that's great. And you're the first person to mention Freakonomics on the show. So <laughs> good diversity there. it's good stuff.
1: Yeah. I, again, it's more the technology, I think, killed my book reading. But i <laughs> i been, been saying, I have to go back to the books. And I have the books. I just don't. It's all about a, a reading on and the a, and a phone and on a go. And I drive a lot, too. So I don't even have a time. But there's no excuses. I should make a time for it.
0: Uh, that's what the audiobooks are for. It's life changing.
1: Oh, uh, True. I didn't try that yet.
0: Oh yeah, you can like audio. you can you can read ten times as many books when you got audiobooks on your side. Every commute trip to the gym, you're good to go. A lot of passive learning.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I forgot. I completely forgot about that. This. this is what happens when you're like used to the old. I'm calling myself old yet, but old school books. And I like the smell of the books. I always did. Yeah. And- and something but they can be quite heavy some of them so and i think being on a wall street i had all my licenses the 763 87 24 those were big bucks so i think that discouraged me to look at it in the books for a while after that but yeah. um, i will have to go and and, and start the books It's actually great it's much easier and simpler i drive a lot between new york and massachusetts and it's sometimes five hours drive so that that would work perfectly.
0: Awesome. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why?
1: Tomorrow is not promised. Pretty much that. Just be kind. Enjoy it every minute because not everybody wake up in the morning. Mm. powerful I think that would be like for me I don't believe in the problems I believe in the solutions I believe there's solutions but we try to live the best we can because especially last year I think taught us more than than anything else we don't know if we're gonna wake up in the morning so I'm always grateful for days that everybody I know it's okay it woke up
0: Absolutely. So who've been some of your heroes throughout your life and how did they help or inspire you?
1: Um, my heroes. It would be my, first of course, my parents, my mom and my dad, very strict uh, parents, but also helped me to be who I am and having good work ethics and my dad was one of the people that taught me even back then that girls should know how to change the light bulb so i i think i i can say that i can hold a screwdriver and then you know nikki nikki went through more in his short life than i can even imagine having brain surgery having seizures between fifteen and 100 seizures and he still smiles and he still comes and hugs you. And even though he cannot say um, things, he expresses himself. And I think this is what drives me to move forward and trying to do and, and work on a project because I want him to have a good life. When he was born, I made the one promise and one promise only, that I will take care of him no matter what. And if that is the way for me, to do that to create the best possible living and home for him and kids like him, then you know be it and it's not easy. there are days that I just really want to just give up and and just say, you know what screw that shit I, I can't do this anymore, but then you get calls from people who tell you you're you our hope, don't give up then you pick up your yourself and say okay you know what it's not only about you. It's about, that would be my parents, it would be Nikki. And I always was surrounded by people that were supportive and positive most of the time. And being executive on the Wall Street and being a female, it's not easy task. And I was lucky enough that I had CEO, John Merriman and the board who was very supportive of that and who guide me to be who, who I was and let me be the person that I knew that I can be. So, yeah, there's so many people who helped me to be who I am that I'm very grateful for and we're learning every day, new things and we're trying to be better people.
0: Oh, absolutely. What more could we ask for?
1: Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't have an outburst. Don't take me wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, can, I can go on the rampage. My, the twins would tell you that, and, and um, my fiancé would tell you that. I try not to do that too often lately.
0: There you go. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven high schooler, college graduate about to enter the real world and is there any advice you think they should ignore
1: and just don't give up don't let people who tells you know that it's not possible to change your mind you know be flexible but go for what your dreams are because if put this way if People wouldn't dream big. We wouldn't have electricity or we wouldn't have technology. Just be yourself, be understanding and don't try not to burn bridges while you're trying to create your dreams. Cause you never know. Oh, totally. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and learn, be, be humble, be like I always said. I don't know everything and I like to talk to people who have a more experience to help me be better. And I don't have a problem going and asking for help, so just don't be scared. There's no stupid questions, ask the questions if you don't understand something. It's always easier to understand than pretending you understand.
0: No, absolutely. So speaking of asking for help, how have you found mentors and advisors throughout your career? Um,
1: I think for me, being myself and, and being honest, my first job on a Wall Street, when I had a job interview, I told my boss after the interview, I told her, I said, look, I don't graduate college yet. I don't type fast. I never work on a wall street, but I work hard. I will be learning and doing whatever needs to be done. At the same time I was a waitress. So I didn't lie that I know wall street that I'm reading wall street journal every day. I didn't hear anything from her for two weeks. So I sent her follow-up email saying thank you i'm sure that you already filled the position but there was anything else in future uh please keep me in mind and then she responded within an hour she said oh yeah i forgot to tell you you got the job so i asked her i said you know can i ask why and she said you were honest and she said i was waitress before i joined the wall street and if she said i believe that if you work in the service industry you have what it takes Right. So this was her approach on things, but then she was really, I was really lucky during my career that I always found people who guide me and, and were my mentors. And I tried to do the same thing for people. If I hired them or I was their supervisor, I tried to mentor them as well. So for me it was always open door policy. You come, to me, if there is a problem, don't wait. Just let's come out with a solution as fast as we can. We don't want to escalate the problem. So I always ask the question. I always was, can I help you with this? Or can I do that? And how can I do that? Because the more you put your hands into things, uh, the more you learn how things work, the more you understand and especially for me, when I went to Ticonderoga Security, it was startup. There was a small broker dealer that we both ran in the and then we were hiring people, and it was the complete startup from the name, the logo, the marketing, everything. So I learned firsthand what it takes to set it up the IT room, or what it takes to hire people, what the process is that I can use that in my next job, but I always ask questions. I I always believe there's no stupid or small questions to ask, and I was always willing to go to do and, and go beyond what was my job description, because I wanted to learn. I wanted to be part of the team that helped to grow. And uh-huh. I was just lucky. I had a great people surrounding myself for all my career. So
0: Yeah, it sounds like. And
1: if so, somebody could have it me, then they're pretty extraordinary people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me, what are your go to self care strategies and tactics and techniques?
1: Right now, I love music. I love to listen to music and sometimes I just put a headphones in and have my Spotify and walk or read or work, but having music in the background. I started to go to gym. I love swimming, started to go to gym and if I have a day that, and there have been more lately than none, that I need mental day for me and for going to get my nails done <laughs> or or something that makes me feel good. Uh, but I would say the music is the number one.
0: I would definitely agree with that. You're I think you're probably the first person to, to mention that, but it's something maybe people take for granted. But yeah, if I didn't have music, I don't know I don't know what I would do. It's, well it's yeah. Best.
1: Well and then I have a baking, but I can't do that anymore because, again, like 10 pounds. After. <laughs> I, <laughs> love, I love baking and new stuff and creation. So that didn't help my base nor anybody around. So I have to stop at that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, Adriana, this has been a really fascinating and fun conversation. But that does bring me to my last question of the day. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? Ooh. Oh my goodness, there's so many of them. I th- I think I, I think mo you know that,
1: that there is a, a lot of people very I, I believe when you give it kindness, most most of the time you get a kindness back. But I think I remember walking with Nicky and when he was smaller and he was screaming and I was you know still a young mom didn't know much and I think older lady stopped me on the street and literally said you're doing great and I think that alone was something that I needed at that time and I I tried to there's so I don't even Again, it was an unexpected question, <laughs> I wasn't ready for People aren't to try to surround myself with kind people. Um, I I think that I could talk, I, I don't know, I, I think <laughs> that, that, that would that would sum it up. Hmm. That's why I said just be kind to people, especially parents who are struggling, because you don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean that's what life is all about, right?
1: Yeah, I have yeah. a, you know, I have a kind people in in my life right now. Like my fiance is really kind and and loving, and I have my friends who are very kind and and helpful, and I have somebody who's like my dad, who every time I I need something and if I have a question, so I I call him and. He's always there for me and I'm very, you know, grateful for it. I'm I'm very grateful and humble for people I have in my life. I wouldn't be who I am without them or I wouldn't be where I am without people that I have surround myself with.
0: Oh, couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for joining me today, Adriana. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me and, and listening to my crazy stories and you now, if there's anything that I can help with, feel free to to reach out.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, specializing in making stunning videos to help you win more customers and look your best online. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn how they create unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE podcast, or visit our website at the LUE and If you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high-quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the L-U-E podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness.